the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Onward into hour number two, now nine minutes past ten o'clock as we get going on this, or as we continue rather, on this Monday, the second morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. We're going to take a break from the politics of the coronavirus and the politics uh, that are going to lead us into Super Tuesday tomorrow to talk about the politics of sexuality, sexual orientation, and yes, gender. Now, a lot of people, myself included, prefer to not use the term gender because it allows it to be sort of bastardized and expanded to, I don't know, how many are there? Seriously, how many different genders have been told, we have, have we been told exist for people who are, uh, you know, the male and female and trans and non-binary and not, I mean, I can't even name a few of them, but I think there are over 70 that have been accepted. I remember seeing one form where somebody put uh, choose your gender and there were like 70 options. And this is a couple of years ago. So the uh, LGBTQ movement, uh, some call it, um, uh, some call it an agenda. Other people call it a mafia, the rain- rainbow mafia, uh, is, is obviously, uh, you know, a force to be reckoned with politically in this country. And that's okay. The politics of it can be debated and discussed. But what they talk about largely those in the community, as being about inclusivity. It's about being uh, non-discriminated against. What they talk about, they don't practice. Because to many people, forcing actual girls and women out of their sports or out of competitiveness in their sports is the exact opposite of non-discrimination and inclusivity. They are going out of their way to exclude actual girls from various things that they are entitled to, literally entitled to by law. And we're speaking oftentimes of sporting competitions. And the uh, bill that was introduced in the Ohio House on Wednesday last week addresses exactly that. 
We're talking about protecting girls. We are talking about protecting girls and women's sports. As a matter of fact, that's what the bill is called. It's the Save uh, Women's Sports Act. And one of the co-sponsors of that bill in the Ohio House is Representative Jenna Powell uh, of Dark County. Again, not to be confused with Stark County, but the co-sponsor of the bill, Reggie Stoltzfus, is from Stark County. And uh, Jenna Powell joins us now to discuss. Uh, Representative Powell, good to talk to you. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. Why was this bill so important to you, Jenna, that you thought enough to write it or at least co-write it with uh, Representative Stoltzfus and actually introduce this last week? Yeah, so Representative Stoltzfus and I um, are very passionate about um, helping women, men and children in the state of Ohio. Um, So we're always looking to legislation to see how we can help protect women in our state. Um, the Save Women's Sports Act uh, does just that in the state of Ohio. We were really excited about working on it and moving it forward in the General Assembly this year. Some of the stuff that I said in my lead-up to your introduction um, uh, is going to have to be answered. Um, you know, the LGBTQ community and advocates for biological males being able to not just race against biological females in their sports like track and field, but compete against them head-to-head in things like basketball or volleyball or, or other, you know, field hockey, lacrosse, you know, other somewhat competitive contact sports. They're going to say you are discriminating against people who identify as females by not letting them compete as females. How do you answer those discrimination charges? Yeah, so to begin with your audience, I think one thing we need to all understand is this bill is about fairness for women in the state of Ohio. Um, the Save Women's Sports Act, um, it, the very basis of it says is that girls deserve to compete on a level playing field. And we believe that forcing female athletes to compete against biological males um, destroys females' athletic opportunities. Um, you know, I, I know I've heard some, some pushback from the, you know, different groups that are saying, well, we believe that biological males should be able to compete against females. Well, well there are physiological and biological difference of males to females. And so when you have biological males competing against, against females, it robs them of their athletic opportunity. Um, when we look into some of the really just data of this bill, that's why we have Title IX. Title IX was enacted because we knew that there were a biological difference between males and females, but we wanted female athletes to be able to compete on a level playing field. Um, so what we're trying to do with the Save Women's Sports Act is to be able to um, keep the integrity of women's sports as we move forward in society. We are talking with Ohio State Representative Jenna Powell uh, this morning on AM 1420, The Answer Again. She is a co-sponsor of the Save Women's Sports Act here in the state of Ohio. Um, your, I agree with your response, and you use the word bio, biological males and biological females many times. And again, understand that I agree with you, but I'm giving you the devil's advocacy questions here because of what the other side says. They're going to uh-huh. say it's not about. They're going to say it's not about biology. It's about psychology. It doesn't matter what I was born with, you know, physiologically. I know in my head what I am. I'm female, so you can't discriminate against me by making me not run against other females like me. That's the psychology of it. Yeah, so, you know, as a legislator, I deal in reality. You know, they can, they can deal in an unrealistic reality of their own, but as a legislator, I have to re- legislate based upon the reality of what's happening and the bi- biology of a human. 
And what we see is there, there are biological and physiological differences between male and female. And you know what? This is very common sense. Everyone understands this. Um, some of the things when it comes to athletics, you know, males competing against females is that physiologically males have greater lung capacity, larger heart, higher red, red blood cell count, stronger tendons and ligaments, greater muscle strength, and increased bone density. Um, that's why when you look at the, the time, whether you're a, you're a track athlete or, you know, a runner, whatever it might be, that's why the times of males are so much faster than females. And that's why, you know, as, as a legislator, I can't get past the fact that there are biological differences and that we have to live in the reality of that being so. And the beauty of this bill is that we are, we are including everyone to play sports in the state of Ohio. You know, everyone can still play sports. But what we're specifically stating in this bill is that if you're a biological male, you can't compete against females because it creates an, un, an unlevel playing field for female athletes and robs them of their athletic dreams. Some, uh, again, of the groups on the other side in the LGBTQ uh, defense groups say, what about hormones? What about somebody who is a male who is trying to transition to female, who is taking you know, uh, testosterone blockers and other things, that that mitigates any advantage, any biological advantage that the biological male would have? Um, would this bill cover that or address that if, um, uh, if somebody agrees to be taking uh, hormone blockers? Yeah, so, you know, when we take a look at a state like Connecticut, Connecticut has very similar rules as we do under the Ohio High School Athletic Association um, in regards to that specific issue. Um, we see a girl named Chelsea Mitchell. Um, Chelsea is one of the top female sprinters in Connecticut, but she's been denied the title of state champion four times because the CIAC has allowed male athletes to compete as girls. Last year, because the male athlete was disqualified for a false start, Chelsea went on to win the state championship and the New England Regional Championship in that event. So what we see from that is although they, 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 the, the OHSAA says they have things in place, there are still biological and physiological differences at birth that we can't get past. And this is why so many people across the state of Ohio are getting on board with the Save Women's Sports Act in our, in our state, because they know this is a common sense piece of legislation that, 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 you know, there is biology and we live in the, in the realistic expectation that, that we know that, that people are different at birth at male and female and, and that their cellular makeup is different. So that's where we're saying, hey, this is a fairness issue for women. Most people agree with this, and, and there are a few outliers that disagree. Um, but but the facts are the facts, and we live in the real and the now. Most uh, we're talking with State Representative Jenna Powell from uh, Dark County, uh, who is the co-sponsor of the Save Women's Sports Act um, in Ohio, which was just introduced last week. Um, we're talking mostly about races. You know, you referenced the false starts and the records, and so on and so forth. Um, how important is this for the safety of actual girls as well? I can't recall the, the, 
the nation. I, I want to say it might have been New Zealand or Australia, one of the down under, but uh, countries down under. But there was a trans female, I think it was field hockey player, which was a biological male who just looked gargantuan. And I mean a big, thick, heavily muscled male who dressed as female or whatever, but was just knocking girls down left and right on the way to scoring goals um, in field hockey. And I'm thinking about actual hockey, because there is women's ice hockey. I'm thinking about soccer, uh, a big, burly, mm-hmm. strong male doing a tackle on a, on, a, on a female player. I'm talking about basketball where somebody lowers their shoulder and, you know, we see it all the time in actual men's basketball. It can get very physical. Um, what about head-to-head? I, I have to think this should be important to everybody from a safety aspect, too, not just about who's winning the foot races. Absolutely. So, you know, there are so many factors in this bill that make the Save Women's Sports Act a great bill in our state and something we need to move through the legislature. When we see the biological and physiological differences between male and female, you know, some of the things that you mentioned, you know, I don't I don't have the facts on those right now, but what I do know is that, you know, biological males do have stronger tendons and ligaments. They do have greater muscle strength. They do have increased bone density. They do have larger lung capacity which could potentially lead to some of the things that you are saying. Um, but what we, what we do know is that this bill is about fairness to women. And it's unfair that a little girl dreams her entire life of making it on the, on the gold podium, and a biological male decides to compete against her in her female sport, and she loses that gold medal because of it. Um, we want to do everything we can to help a girl fulfill her American dream in our state and in our community. And when biological males compete against her, they just can't do that. When, when we see in the state of Connecticut, nine different girls used to hold the 15 women's state championship titles. Now, because of the changes that were enacted, those 15 titles are now all held by two different biological males. Imagine being a young girl in a community growing up and wanting to be on that gold podium, training your entire life, and then all of a sudden, a biological male comes in and wins the record. You know, that's why we have Title IX. That's why Title IX was enacted to protect women's sports so that they could compete on a level playing field. Um, so, so you have some really great points. And I think the people from across the state of Ohio agree that the Save Women's Sports the Act is a common sense piece of legislation that everyone agrees with. Representative Jenna Powell, I've got about two or three more quick questions for you, but I really need to take a quick break here. Can you hang with me for just a moment? Absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Again, we're talking to State Rep. Jenna Powell. She is one of the co-sponsors of the Save Women Sports Act here in Ohio. We've got a couple more questions with her and for her right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1025, I've got time for a couple more questions for State Representative Jenna Powell, who's one of the co-sponsors of the Save Women's Sports Act. 
One of the questions that I had for you, uh, Jenna, before we close is, what kind of response are you getting uh, there in the state house? You have just two sponsors. I know sometimes you get a lot more sponsors for a bill, but I know this is going to be a very divisive issue, and it's probably going to be hard for some some of your uh, colleagues in the state house to sign on to because of the constant fear of being branded homophobic. I know you're not homophobic. I know this bill isn't intended to be homophobic or anti-trans or anything else. It's just about protecting women's sports. But you know the way it's going to be painted. So how have um, how has this been received by some of your colleagues? So when I talk to, I think there's two different ways of talking to people. You have both your colleagues, and then you have the general audience um, of of constituents in the state of Ohio. Um, so to begin with, I'll start with the constituents in the state of Ohio. Um, the day after I dropped the bill, um, there was a, a Ohioan that texted me and said, "I am so excited about this bill." Because I hold a state title as a gentleman, I hold a state title, and I have two daughters now, and I want my daughters to be able to have that same excitement that I had by by competing in sports. And, and he knows that there's absolutely no way of them doing it if biological males compete against them. So for me, that's exciting to see and hear because we've heard stories like that all across the state. So Ohioans are on board with this bill. Ohioans understand that it's a common sense piece of legislation and a fairness issue for women. Um, which, which, which leads us to the state house. You know, the more representatives hear from their constituents, understanding that the Save Women Sports Act is something that, that, that they agree with and that they want, you know, that's what we want to hear. When I talk to fellow legislators, you know, there's many of them that agree. This is a common sense piece of legislation. This is a fairness issue for women. Um, there's people who on both sides of the aisle understand and agree that there are biological differences between male and female. But with any great piece of legislation, it's not easy to pass. You have to get people on board in the House, in the Senate, and the governor. Um, so we're already starting conversations with individuals, you know, in the state house to see how we can help this move through so that we can protect women in our state. Um, it's in committee now, yes, or is it not yet to committee? It was just assigned a bill number, so it's House Bill 527, and we are waiting on committee because right now we're in a little bit of a break in the legislature, gearing up for the primary election, Uh, but then we'll start the committee process again at the end of March. If you had to put a number on it, 1 to 10, what's your confidence level that it will come out of committee and actually see a vote? I think it's going to be a ton. (laughs) You know, I am a, I, I, I believe that this is a common sense piece of legislation, you know, as a legislator, when I was uh, campaigning on day one, somebody said, Jenna, do you believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today? And I remember I sat there and I thought about that a little bit because, you know, sometimes you can see the news, listen to the radio, and it can get depressing, and you can feel like the world is caving in. But as a legislator and as an individual and as a female, as an Ohioan, as a Christian, I believe that tomorrow is going to be better today than today. I believe that common sense will still win. And so for me, if I did not believe that this bill would pass through and would help the state of Ohio, then my goodness, I would not be working on it because there are hundreds of other bills that, whether it's regulation or taxation or, you know, social issues that, that I'm passionate about. So I've taken the time to work on this bill because I do believe that common sense wins in Ohio and that we're going to do everything we can to, to protect the little girl's dreams of, of winning, you know, an athletic sport. That's a, you've mentioned uh, little girls' dreams a few different times in this, so I have to ask, uh, any personal connection here? Were you an athlete in high school or college? You know, I um, I have a lot. I, I have sisters in my family. I have nieces and, um, you know, cousins. So it's really fun to be able to see them and say, hey, you know, 
I want them to be able to achieve whatever dreams that they, that they want to. Um, and so I was not necessarily a high school athlete. I think, you know, I always said I did a lot of reading and research, um, but I did do a lot of pickup um, games of sports. So I understand very clearly that, that biological males have a um, kind of a just, they're much better than women at sports. Let's put it that way. They have biological differences. Um, and so I'm excited about this bill because of that. I want the little girl who wants to end up on the podium to end up on the podium because she worked hard and that wasn't robbed from her by a biological male. Absolutely right. So I think there's really two big elements here. One is the fairness, like you point out, saving women's sports, giving girls an opportunity that is afforded to them by Title IX that they absolutely deserve to have an equal and fair level playing field so they can achieve their dreams. And then the second point of that to me is also safety. I just think it's incredibly dangerous to put, you know, thicker muscled, as you talked about, bone density, lung capacity, muscle, musculature, et cetera, have males um, uh, competing physically with girls and females. So uh, it's an important bill. Uh, and I know it's one of a few you around the country that are being introduced the same way. I'm hopeful that it is indeed seen as common sense legislation that will indeed get common sense passage so that we can protect girls and women's sports. Representative Jenna Powell, thank you for introducing it uh, in the State House and thank you to, for introducing it to us as well. Keep us posted onto the progress, okay? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. All right, 1031. Uh, we'll get a quick time out. We are guest-free the rest of the way. So for the next 29 minutes or so, minus the news, uh, I want to hear from you. 216-901-0945. You want to respond to that? You may. You want to respond to Corona? You may. You want to respond to Super Tuesday in the South Carolina Joe Biden um, uh, wall, if you will, that held for him. It was, uh, it was Joe Biden's last stand in South Carolina, and he won convincingly. So if you want to get into any or all of that, dial us up now. 216 0945. Back after this. Ten thirty seven on this Monday edition of the Authority. Thanks for being with us. I've got twenty three minutes of outstanding awesome left for you. Want to hear from you? Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Triple eight two eight one eleven ten. We spent a great deal of time in hour number one on the coronavirus, and more specifically on the Democrats' attempts to destroy the president, trying to claim that he called the virus itself a hoax, as if he doesn't believe in it or its lethality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and then, uh, and then media members like Chuck Todd claiming that the Democrats are not trying to play politics with this, questioning Mike Pence as if Mike Pence is making it up. Some of this stuff is very infuriating, and I know you feel the same way. We also spent a lot of time on, well, not a lot, but it's a bit of time on the outcome in South Carolina. The firewall for Joe Biden held. He now gets to move on to Super Tuesday with a little bit of momentum, a little wind in his sails tomorrow. Will he be enough to overtake Bernie Sanders and save the Demon Rat Party from the hell that they have created by uh, opening themselves up to socialism on so many levels. So if you want to get into any or all of that, hit me up now. 216-901-0945. TJ's waiting in Cleveland. You're on the air, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, I can't believe how gullible and the panic are uh, the people in this country. You know, I was reading where the Corona beer now is like 75% down. People aren't buying it because it's got the same name. Now, my bet is this Corona, I'm not a beer drinker, but it seems to me like it's kind of like a chick kind of beer, you know, that the more your liberals drink, your elite liberals. Now, I could just see if someday a virus come out called the Budweiser virus. I don't think Bible gun-toting conservatives are going to give up their beer because it's got the same name 
you know, is a virus. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, it just almost sounds like Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. You know, you throw something out there, and half this country just goes insane. They were spotting Martians behind every bush and everything. I mean, it's just how gullible it, it, it's scary. Well, TJ, I, I saw one, one study or survey, I guess it's more of a survey, and it said that 38, 38% of the respondents said they would not drink Corona because of fear of the virus, which does indicate a you know about a third of the people in this country, at least those who were surveyed, are ignorant as all get out. I don't have any demographics on who buys Corona. I don't drink it either. I don't drink Budweiser either because I just pretty much don't drink. I have maybe a beer or two a year, literally. Um, but I will say this, that yes, people are panicking, whether it's over the beer or whether it's over, again, the uh, you know I'm not going to fly, I'm not going to shop, I'm not going to go out to dinner, I'm not going to do anything because I don't want to come into contact with other people. That is what hurting the economy that's what's hurting the stock market and that panicking you're talking about much of that is indeed politically driven there's no question there's even a run on toilet paper they said now if you really want to spread disease around stop being able to buy toilet paper that's you know now you're going to have a pandemic or an epidemic you know one other thing real quick bob they're even making songs about this coronavirus and i just give you the first verse real quick here it's a bug, a nasty bug. It's on your hands. It's on your rug. My, 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 Corona. <laughs> oh, jeez. Thank you, TJ. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Fairview Park. Mark, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Mark. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Uh, I understand what TJ's saying, and I, I just want to let you know before this call, I wiped the phone down with some alcohol and everything, so <laughs> feel comfortable, please. I'll try not uh, to. But, yeah, I'll try not to infect you through the line either. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bob. But uh, what I wanted to mention, just two things that came on the news for your audience. I'm sure you're ahead of this already, but uh, they mentioned today Syria launches offensive against the Syrian government. And, uh, you know, last couple of days, they lost a lot of guys and Turkey and uh, some fighters shot down. And But I'm really glad that Trump made the decisions he has to just just keep us out of that involvement over there, because I surmise we're going to have a pretty big fight going on. And I hate to see uh, young American soldiers with uh, two or three kids and a family being killed for this nonsense. You know. Second of all, I just... Uh, saw on the news they mentioned the other day they had the this Khomeini talking up there and his health advisor next to him who was sweating profusely and they said coughing on the reporters and everything and they saw on the news that they said his close advisor which I take it was probably this health advisor uh he just died so uh I saw that the latest too. update yeah, I saw that too. Thanks for the call, Mark. I appreciate it. Um you know that's it's it is important that last part <clears throat> that you talk about in Iran. Because um, the the level of health care, the level of access to medicine, uh, access to treatment, etc., is directly impacting the quote-unquote lethality or mortality rate, as I guess the better way to say it, uh, of the disease. Uh, in other words, in places like Iran where they are so backwards in terms of their medical technology, in terms of their medical care provided to their people, etc. Yeah, uh, it, it is a much higher mortality rate. People are going to die um, of that, of influenza, and, and virtually anything else that might be spread there compared to um, an advanced nation like this one, where the care and where the options and opportunities are so prevalent. And, and I want to say that especially as it pertains to our private health care system. The private health care system that Democrats, not just Bernie Sanders, not just Socialist Bernie, but Biden 
and Warren, and I won't say Buttigieg anymore because it's out Bloomberg. Everybody has pledged to have this, uh, you know, Medicare for all in some form or another, this single payer health care, and they're going to include illegal aliens, et cetera, because that works better. And, and I point to this story up north of our border. Um, going up to Canada, because this is the kind of thing that does not get reported on enough. A Canadian girl um, died while waiting a transplant, awaiting a transplant that there was a donor for. But because the beds were so backed up, because of socialized medicine, because of single-payer government-run health care, services are so slow in being delivered, treatments are so slow in being administered, appointments are so slow in being scheduled, this girl died. Um, I have the story here, and I'm struggling to find it now amidst the many, many stories that I've been talking about and prepping for this morning, so I don't know if I'm going to necessarily be able to give her name and the story, but it was a very... Uh, sad story. Uh, her family was just devastated because she, she had a donor, and they were just waiting for bed space in one of the nationally healthcare-run facilities. That's why so many Canadians come south of the border, down here to the United States, and pay out of pocket for their own healthcare because they can't get specialists see, see specialists, they can't get appointments, they can't get treatments, they can't get surgeries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because that's what happens with socialized medicine. So uh, that's a long answer to the question about Iran. But seriously, we have the best opportunity here, whether you're dealing with infectious diseases or anything else, in this free market competitive. We can do more to make it more competitive as far as making it affordable, as far as being able to purchase health care plans across state lines so that if there's a better deal available from a company in California, I should be able to buy it in Ohio. We need to increase competitiveness and we need to increase free market rather than private and private health insurance plans. And private health care, rather than uh, leaving it all up to the government to decide who gets what and when. Let's go to Mary Grace in Old Brooklyn on AM 1420, The Answer. Mary, go right ahead. God's blessings. Bob. Thank you. How was your day yesterday? Oh, it was wonderful. Yours? Mine was great. Good. And Good. The point so we've both is, been blessed. I know you said you were going to Hillsdale, and I got my infamous. Oh, that was Saturday. Yeah, no, that was Saturday. We were there. Yeah, that was Saturday for the for we we, we were at Hillsdale visiting my daughter, and uh, yes, it was wonderful. About fifty years ago, I used to say, "Lord, stop the world! I want to get off." And it was Psalm one nineteen nineteen. I felt like a stranger on this earth. Same thing. It's just you know. Now I just pray I'm the eye in the hurricane because people are just going crazy. And absurdity becomes norm. Well, they are. They are, and and it's an interesting way to phrase it, to be in the eye of the hurricane rather than to being caught up in the uh, in the actual devastating winds of it. Oh, but yeah. it is. It, it, it really is, and it does feel that way. And, and Mary Grace, thank you for your phone call. I want to say this. Um, any comparisons that are made to 1919, and I don't know if you're trying to do that again, but to the Spanish flu, if it's being compared to what's going on here, I think we should be very careful about. It was a very different time and a very, very different set of circumstances. Again, the fact that we were in a world war in 1918 uh, and medical act, medical care and medical um, um, 
medicine, medicine and medical care, let's put it that way, were much, much harder to come by because of the war effort for everybody. So when the Spanish flu killed as many people as it did worldwide, it was very different than now. And I'm not sure if you're 100% referring to 1919 for that reason, the way a lot of other people are. But I would be very cautious about making that comparison. But I do agree with you about not necessarily knowing exactly where we stand now because of the hysteria, and it has so many people uh, really in a panic that uh, endangers all of us. Uh, thank you, Mary. Let's go to uh, Ward 1 in Cleveland. Todd on AM1420, The Answer. How you doing, Todd? Bob, Jenny Powell got, that to- got it right, and all the, states should- all the states and territories should be adopting this bill into law, this type of bill into law. As we have spoken many uh, several times before on this topic, you cannot change your gender. Your gender is determined within the first 72 hours of conception, gender, sex, and that is what you are. You can mask it. You can mask your gender. And I don't think some people should be treated foully because they made a decision to mask their gender, but they can't change it. And that is still their gender, although they're a deceased person after they're dead. Anybody that does a study in that type of thing will be able to dig up the bones and say this is one or the other, which is the same thing they were in the first 72 hours of conception. One last thing on this. Anybody That's a great point, who, by the way. That's a very, very who, good point. Anybody who would say that um, women can compete competitively with men on a regular basis, Florence Griffith Joyner. I was there in the third row, 21-3, 32 years ago, 200-meter dash. She broke the women's world record. No less than 100 teenage boys have run that time since then and probably before then. It's different. It's different. And none of those teenage boys, you know, that I ran faster than that. None of them could qualify with that time just to even get a tryout on the men's Olympic team or the Division One finals. It's but they would have won gold running against the, the, the fastest woman in the world. Not only would they have won gold, they would be world record holders in the women's 200-meter um, dash let's be realistic let's just be realistic the high school state champs in ohio right now could smoke the wnba champs oh easily easily it's not because you're right it's just different and that is not to me and i know you're not trying to be anti-woman in fact you're trying to be just the opposite you're trying to be pro-woman pro-girls absolutely and they should have the opportunity to compete at their highest level against themselves against other women because that's the only way for it to be a level playing field and, uh, but as long as we keep accepting the term transgender is something that is an accurate assessment of facts, which is not, the confusion is going to continue. Gender exactly. masking is not a derogatory term. It's an accurate assessment of the facts. In, a, in another story, uh, Todd, um, you, just, you just made me feel really, really, really old. Has it really been 32 years since Flojo? 32 years, man. I was sitting, I was sitting right at the 70-meter mark, watched her go right by. Oh my goodness gracious! I I I didn't I wasn't there, but I but I saw it on television and I remember it well. And I cannot believe it was 32 years ago. You just made me feel awful about myself. But I'm glad you called, brother. Great great hey, points all the way around. Be here. Don't feel old. Be happy to be here. Right, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather be here and feel old than not be here. Uh, the opposite is. Listen, real quick, because it's 10:50. I want to get a quick timeout for for a break before we get to our last segment. What Todd just pointed out, by the way, is exactly right. When he said gender cannot, it is what it is. It can be masked. It cannot be changed, right? Uh, it reminds me of um, a tweet that I sent somebody. There was a, if you if you use Twitter and Facebook, and I know I always talk about their evils and their dangers, et cetera, et cetera, with good reason, but we still use it because we cannot abandon the platform. Uh, 
and we cannot allow the liberals to spread unchecked misinformation, so we use it. And in that regard, um, there was a viral tweet and a viral um, hashtag last week, and maybe even the, maybe it started in the previous week. The hashtag was free Zuby. Zuby, I think, not terribly familiar as a rapper, I believe, um, who got suspended from Twitter for violating Twitter's terms of service, which was bullying and, and, and inappropriate language or something of that nature, right? And the hashtag free Zuby was, you can't suspend somebody's account for saying, okay, dude. That was the crime. The crime was a two-word tweet, okay, dude that got Zuby suspended. And the reason why is Zuby was replying to a trans pronoun um, Nazi, to, 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 to use that, overuse that phrase about some, somebody being a grammar Nazi or whatever. It's a pronoun Nazi. This is a trans. This is a guy who says or thinks he's a girl, who's demanding that everybody use the right pronouns or else this is offensive and this is an attack and this is blah, blah, blah. And so this Zuby said, okay, dude. And, oh, my gosh, how dare you call some dude who thinks he's not a dude a dude? You have now offended the sensibilities of the entire world, and they got suspended for it. Why do I bring all that up? I bring that up because of what my response was. So in order to not use the word dude, I responded to that person by saying, listen, pal, dudes are dudes, and no amount of women's clothing can change that. These are simply the facts. And what Todd just said is exactly right. You can mask it, you can dress it, you can wig it, you can make up it, you can cover it, you can do whatever you want. But a guy is a guy and always will be. Like Todd said, from the moment of conception till the bones are dug up a century after being buried and they test those bones and find out whether they're male or female. You cannot change those simple facts. So, Todd, I am with you. And, oh, by the way, I was afraid of being censored, too, by by YouTube on that, which is why I stand with CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech. I'll tell you more about that later. Quick time out. Back after this. All right, final segment. It's a short one, about three and a half minutes long. Let's squeeze in a couple more phone calls before we are done. We'll go to uh, Middleburg Heights. That's where Bob is waiting on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Bob, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Uh, Have you heard anything of how or the endorsement from the UAW or big labor? I think they're really in a quandary here with these clowns that the Democrats have because that's usually the way their endorsement goes. Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. No, I have not heard any endorsement being offered yet by the UAW, among other unions. Um, I'm waiting to hear that as well. My gut is uh, tells me that they will probably go with Joe Biden. I don't think they want to be associated with socialism, even though Bernie's one of his uh, principles and his platform is uh, free uh, ability uh, to, and expanded but it, but ability if to Sanders is the nominee, will they support him? Yeah, I think they will. I mean, they're, they're certainly not going to wow. support Trump. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of the ray of the primary, you know, the three, the three seventy-seven or seventy-eight-year-old men that they have to choose from, I think they'll probably go Biden. But I have not seen anything officially from the UAW. They might cut their own throat here. Interesting. 
Yeah, they very well may. But but you know, I mean, you know, what are they going to do? Uh, they're they're not going to support Trump, even though the UAW should be thanking Trump because he is the one who has you know led the economic sure. revival that has led to the manufacturing comeback, that has led to more plants opening, that has led Ford. Sure. How, how much is the expansion uh, that that Ford is uh, in the invest in, investment in Avon Lake? I don't believe Ford took any bailout money. I know that. No, they didn't. General Motors. You're you're 100 right. But they just announced a, a new expansion and uh, investment in Avon Lake, uh, in the plant in Avon oh, okay. Lake, which, you know, every UAW member there should be like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. And every new hire yeah. that goes in there should be thanking Donald Trump for that. But UA, UAW leadership is different than the rank and file, as you well know. Make your purchases uh, count, I guess. Think accordingly. That's right. Huh? That's exactly right, Robert. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. I okay. appreciate Have the call. Day, I'm gonna, you, you too, buddy. Uh, I'm going to get uh, one more call in from Brexville. Jerry, you're on the air. Jerry, go ahead. Bob, I have a couple of Corona beers in the refrigerator. Would you want to stop over and open one? <laughs> well, I don't drink. Like I said, I drink maybe one yeah. or two beers a year. But uh, but yeah, I'm glad to know either. that you're not. I'm glad to know you're not afraid of the Corona beer. Yeah, but what I want to say, Bob, anytime these liberals get on the air and blame Trump for this uh, viral thing going around, <clears throat> he should come back to them and say, "Who wants open borders? Who wants sanctuary cities?" Those people can spread that disease, and that's probably why a lot of that is being spread around. And that's and, why he was right to, to, to issue the travel restrictions right from the get-go. And you're 100% right, exactly. Jerry. i got to run, my man. Thank you for the phone call, but i got to get out of here within the next eight seconds. So I appreciate you calling. Thanks to Representative Jenna Powell. Thanks to Andrew for running the show solo today. And thanks to you for listening. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's next. Enjoy Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.